0: Hello, I'm Dave, and shortly I'll be joined by my co-host, Ash. Please be advised that the On the Pitch podcast does contain profanity. If you're offended by profanity, then you should probably find some other podcast to listen to. However, if the profanity does not bother you, please practice proper parental discretion. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the On The Pitch Podcast. I'm Dave, that's Ash, and we're going to talk football. What's up, Ash?
1: Um, pretty good, Dave. Uh, two podcasts in a row. Uh, the people must be very lucky. Um, but we're going to start with, obviously, fire requests, but today we're going to talk about the Super Cup to start with, and then our feelings on European competitions as kind of an extension on our last podcast, um, because we want to talk about things that we'd like to see in European competitions. And things that we don't think are fair, or things that work. So let's start with the Super Cup preview: Chelsea versus Villarreal. Obviously, those of you that remember, Villarreal beat Manchester United in the Europa uh, League final, 22-21 on penalties.
0: Madness. That that was madness. I've never. I don't think we'll ever live to see some
1: shit like that again. That was that was epic. And obviously, Chelsea beat. Manchester City in the Champions League final, thanks to my new favourite German. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, how, do you, how do you see the Super Cup going? Obviously, with I don't know how Viral's transfer act business has been, but obviously they're not going to bring in any major players. And Chelsea have yet to make their move in the market, but so it'll be the same squads from last season, more or less, apart from lone players coming back. But I think Chelsea will probably line up with the same side that started the Champions League final.
0: Yeah, I concur. I think both sides will see the same starting 11 for both sides that they played in their respective finals. So I, I would imagine for Villarreal, the same starting 11 that was put out for that um, Europa League final. And for us, that starting 11. Well, yeah. Well, you know, going to this match, too, we got to take into account are some of those players going to be back by then
1: that are on vacation or
0: holiday from their service in the Euros?
1: I believe they will be, yes. I believe they get three weeks after the Euros. They'll be back in training a week beforehand. Mm-hmm. And if you see Mason Mount recently, the guy looks shredded. At the moment, like, he's putting a lot of muscles. So that's, you know, that, that that could be a good thing for him. Like You know, especially with his physicality in the game next season.
0: He does. He Look, he looks sharp. He looks like he's ready. Um, even after, you know, that break he's going to have coming back. And hopefully he can pick up right where he left off. Because he's going to be huge. For Chelsea in that match as he is pretty much the entire time for Chelsea is one of the key players in that starting 11.
1: Um, I, I just wonder who starts over Rudiger, who starts Rudiger or Christensen because obviously Rudiger didn't have the best Euros campaign whereas Christensen was one of the stars of the tournament so you know obviously it's going to be Mendy and goal or back three Aspie and Silva are both going to be in there but who gets that third centre-back spot?
0: Who would you give that third centre-back spot to?
1: On form alone? On um, um, whatever give, you want. I'd give it to Andreas Christensen just because of how well he played in the Euros.
0: Oh, Lord, we concur. That's, well, because I, I, I would say the same thing. Based on form, he had the better Euros. He's probably, the, as they like to say, the hotter hand, so to speak, going into it. So I'd probably give him that last spot. And then but, along with um, Aspilicueta and Thiago Silva.
1: On the flip side, you can't really count out what Rudiger did in the second half of last season for Chelsea when he was phenomenal probably one of the one of the best centre-backs in the second half of the season in the whole of Europe. So hmm. it's a difficult one for Tuchel, but, you know, he'll get it right. He's, he usually does. Then I'd imagine it will be Kante and Jorginho in midfield, flanked by Chilwell and James, and Mount, Werner, and Havertz up front.
0: I can see that. One we have thing not things- won this trophy. We have That's- not won this. No, I lie. We've won one
1: was it called the super cup back then or was it a different classification
0: i believe it was a different classification it was um if you're old enough to remember like i am it was the cup winners cup and the last edition of that was played in 1998
1: yeah so i think it's a di- i think it's a slightly different tournament um i'm obviously not 100 sure but i think since it's been the super cup we've never actually won it
0: yeah as it's you're right in the current format that it's in now that as we know it we have not we're we have yeah. not won. We have three losses all. Yeah. Two on penalties and one Two on pens.
1: And one where Falcao absolutely ripped us a new one.
0: Yeah, that was that was rough. We were talking about extra time and pens and all that. And the last three UEFA Super Cup matches and six of the last eight have gone to extra time. And I don't think um, my health can take that if that happens.
1: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't see a high-scoring game. We don't. We're not a side that scores a lot of goals. We win our no. games one 0 2 0 and I see the same sort of thing in this game. Um, we're probably not going to get a striker in before the 11th of August. I don't think so. So I think we'll start the season with exactly the same squad we ended last mm-hmm. season with, just with the loneies in there. Um, you know, and I think Conor Gallagher will be the main one that gets a place in the team this season. Maybe Ethan Ampadu and. I think Armando Broja will be the other one as a third-choice striker because the fact that Tuchel really likes him, he's been been given a new five-year deal. Obviously, Giroud's gone to AC Milan, so I I think Broja might be the third-choice striker this season. Maybe get some cut minutes, score some goals. But then again, would alone be more beneficial so he can get out and play football?
0: It'll be interesting. The contest itself is going to take place in Northern Ireland, and this is the first time... For each each team being and playing a competition game in Northern Ireland, so that that I guess for the travel for Chelsea, that's not too bad. Yeah, it's you not. stay within you stay within the United Kingdom, so that's that's a plus as far as traveling goes.
1: I don't think it will be a problem location. I mean, we played all over Europe last season. But what I do want to say is that our recent domination over Spanish sides is probably going to be on our side because. Beat Sevilla 4-0, beat Atleta Madrid 3-0, beat Real Madrid 3-1. You know, didn't have any problems against Spanish sides last season. Literally blew them all out of the water. So, And then Villarreal Real are probably not as great as those three sides I mentioned. So I think we'll win 1 or 2-0, but it won't be nothing crazy or spectacular. But I think we'll get the job done in 90 minutes.
0: I'm pretty sure it's going to be a long, drawn-out, defensive kind of a match. I think it's going to end up like one of those that it's 1-0. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. That's, that's how I see that working out. This is actually, for Villarreal, this is the first time we will see them in the Super Cup. This is their very first appearance.
1: I don't think we should write them up, because obviously if they did well to get to the Europa League final, beat Man United, who were heavy favourites for that game. So I don't think we should write them off, and they've got a threat in uh, Gerard Moreno as well, So, although he didn't have the best of Euros. So. It'll be a tight tactical game. I think it'll be more of Chelsea knocking on the door, Villarreal sitting back in a defensive low block, mm-hmm. and they'll hit us on the attack. That's how I see the game going. It'll be us huffing and puffing, them counterattacking, because we know that Chelsea don't do well against low blocks.
0: They don't. Spanish sides have won... Fifteen UEFA Super Cups, and they've also won nine of the last ten Super Cups that they have played between them and, I think, other opposition? I think the only exception was in 13 when Bayern defeated Chelsea. Yeah,
1: Liverpool beat us in 2019, I believe, as well.
0: Yeah. It's a trophy we have not, in its current current form, as we said earlier, we have not won, so it'd be nice to get our hands (laughs) on that one.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice to add something else to uh, the trophy cabinet to piss off the rest of London, won't it?
0: <laughs> That's not our fault. The rest of London doesn't know how to win tro. The rest of London, excuse me, doesn't know how to win trophies.
1: <clears throat> but as a super cup in general, how do you feel about it? Uh, the winners of a Champions League versus winners of Europa League, because <laughs> I think it's pointless. I mean, it's a glorified. I think it's just a glorified. I mean, I don't mind it. Like it's, I don't mind it. It's, it's a trophy, I suppose, and you want to win it, but. I mean, it's not really needed because why would, if you've won the Champions League, which is regarded as the biggest trophy in club football, why do you need to then go and play another game? Which is, you know, I mean, it's a nice gesture for the winners of Europa to play the winners of the Champions League, but like you said, is it really necessary? Like, should it be like, because that trophy is not regarded as a major trophy?
0: It's not. It's a glorified friendly. I compare it to, um, the Community Shield, another glorified friendly with a trophy.
1: Yeah, I don't understand the point of that one. But every country's got their own version of it, so.
0: I think it's, I think it's unnecessary. I I just, at the end of the day, I just think it's UEFA trying to make more money because that's another match supporters are going to pay for and they're going to charge out of the ass and people are going to go to one to attend the match. And then from a TV standpoint, people are going to tune in. Depending on where they are, because <clears throat> if you're in America, that's those matches are played, give or take, where what time zone you're in, somewhere during the workday. So if it's on the East Coast, usually I want to say it's about 3 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States, so people are just getting out of work, and then on my side of the United States, that's lunchtime. So people will sit down, and they'll watch their sides play, or they're football supporters of of either club or just supporters of the game will definitely sit down lunchtime and watch it. So I just, I think it's
1: just another way to make money. Oh, of course, it's, it's UEFA, but at the end of the day, if my team's in it, I want them to win because it's a trophy. But at the same time, I mean, it's just an extra game in the season which could cause an injury or fitness problems. And I just, you know, that trophy's not regarded. And the problem is, it's not regarded as anything special. This You know, you have to win a European competition to get there but it's not regarded as special.
0: There's there's nothing, you're right, there's nothing special about it. It's just something else on the football calendar to do.
1: I mean, it is a European trophy, though, after all. So it's always, it's, it's one you're going to want if you've got the chance to win it.
0: Truth be told, I honestly don't give a shit if we win that match or not. That's just I, where I am with it. Just to please everybody just stay f- My My concern and only concern is fitness, that everybody just stays fit. Moving forward, as we inch, because it'll be what the eleventh of August that match is played.
1: Yeah, three days before our match against Crystal Palace, and we've got a really horrible start to the season. We have
0: exactly. So just if we can just get through that fixture, get whatever tiny bit of rest we can get to start what's going to be a very challenging start I guess to the Premier League season.
1: A lot of these players would have already had a month off, though, wouldn't they? So they should be okay anyway to go again. They would have had a month off.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's you still have injuries though. So you can can have injuries, you know, during during the course of that Super Cup fixture. You can have injuries the first match of the season. I'm just for fuck's sake, everybody, just please stay as fit as possible. That's another reason why I don't like this match because it's useless. And if somebody gets injured, depending on the extent of an injury, then you're already dealing with adverse an adverse situation because of. A pointless match for a what I believe is a pointless trophy.
1: At the end of the day, it, you know the way I see it, it, it is a European trophy. It's there to be won. I want to win it because it puts another one in the trophy cabinet, adds another one to our name. And yeah, I think the Club World Cup is more pointless, to be honest.
0: I just, oh, I'm with you on that one
1: because yeah. they, they put it at the worst possible point of the season. It's in December, no. where, mind the you, busiest time of the Premier League season. And we saw what happened to Liverpool when they won it and they had to go off and play it. They had to put a youth team out in the FA Cup and they lost 5-0 to Aston Villa. So.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I know this is a little off script, but I mean, we're going to have a World Cup in December. So imagine that.
1: I don't even know how that's going to work. I, I just can't think because you can't start the season earlier because the players need a break from the previous season. And it's it's a, this is what happens when you take bribes and give a World Cup to a country with no thought about it. But that's a podcast for another day.
0: Mm-hmm. But there are there are some of these competitions. We are gonna get into that. As a matter of fact, we get into that now. Some of these competitions don't make any bloody sense because we we touched on it on our last podcast regarding the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Conference League. And so we just wanted to expound more on that, like how, and we're gonna include all three competitions here, like what. We could change it if we were in charge. What would we change and how would we change it to ensure that the product is, is worth people watching and is also fair for the sides that are competing in it?
1: Well, something I see a lot is why is it called the Champions League when they're letting like top three and top four from the big leagues? The thing is, you can't really have the Champions League without those extra spaces because. What would be the point in watching the champions of Spain play the champions of Lithuania or something when it's or you know the champions of England playing the champions of Lithuania, Austria when it's only ever going to go one way? And I think you know you have to be careful with that because yes, it's called the Champions League and it, I mean the name would suggest that the teams that come first in their league would be the ones in there, but at the same time you have to consider you need it's a competition you need the how many start in the Champions League thirty two yes thirty two mm-hmm thirty two uh, well. In the final, in the group stage format is 30, so obviously you obviously have all the pre-qualifying rounds and all that useless stuff, um, which I'm not sure I agree with either. Like, I think it should be like, it depends on country. I think it should, there should be a system where this qualifying goes out of the window because there's like three or four pre-qualifying rounds which just make no sense. And I think they should scrap that and maybe use those teams to put into the Euro for Conference League because that way they've deserved to be there. Because if, you know, 'Cause this whole Champions League qualifying thing is just more more games, more useless things everybody needs. So those teams that will be in the qualifying stages of the Champions League or Europa League, put them in the competition below. So the teams that qualify so the teams that originally were in the qualifying stage for the Europa League, put them into the conference league and then put the teams and to fill up and to get the numbers into Europa League, put the original qualifying teams into the Europa League. And then just fill in the rest of the Champions League places with you know, depending on European performance of that country in the previous year, along with their world ranking. Because that way you'd get a much more fair competition and you cut out all these unnecessary games. If you try, if you can understand what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I do, because I have a bone to pick with the Conference League because there's actually... Well, we'll get to that. We'll leave the Conference League last. But there's something that happens in the Conference League that's similar. My other problem is, is why the fuck when you finish third, you drop into Europa League? That needs to go. I know we touched on that earlier. On our last on our last podcast, that is completely nonsense that in essence, you're going to you're going to reward a third place team by putting them in a second tier competition. And then they have an unfair advantage most of the time. Against the competition they're facing in this. In this uh, second tier competition, Chelsea did it a few years ago, they fell out of the Champions League and then won the Europa
1: League. Yeah, I don't. I'm, not, I'm with you. I don't agree with that. I think if that needs good, to be scrapped. If you're not good enough to stay in the Champions League, you shouldn't get a second shot of European football and then the chance to qualify for Champions League by winning that. I don't have a problem with the winners of the Europa League getting into the Champions League, but I mean, I don't either. There shouldn't be a. If you not get knocked out of the Champions League or come in in the group stages and come third, you shouldn't be going. You shouldn't drop into Europa League and then have the chance to win that and get back into the Champions League. That's stupid. And I don't think it was always the case. I think there was a time when it wasn't. But um, I can't can't remember how long ago that was because we're talking years ago now. But if you finish third in the Champions League, you should go home and just say, we weren't good enough this year. We'll try and get in via league position.
0: Could you you imagine? Imagine, right, if you and I as supporters, and we're perturbed by this, imagine how galling this is for actual smaller sides in Europa League that are doing okay and then i think it's the round of 32 for them when the third place teams drop in yeah the champions league third place teams drop in to that competition and imagine being a supporter of that club or in that dressing room or a coach and you got to sit there and just be like well fuck because you know then you get your, you know your manchester united's your chelsea's your irrelevant spanish clubs <laughs> that drop in there just everybody and you're like well what what, what the fuck all of a sudden, the chances become slimmer because the competition, and I understand this is professional sports, but the way UEFA is trying to, to frame this is that they want to make it even competition, just and fair. So how is that? how does that work when you got the likes of Manchester United, the likes of Chelsea, um, Inter Milan, so on Actually, and so Adela- forth, they drop Adelaide out. Madrid. Atletico de, yeah, there you go, Atlético de Madrid. Come, they fall out of the UCL, and then they're in the UEO, like, no, it shouldn't be that way. You finish third, you should just like piss off. You weren't Try good better. enough, to piss off.
1: Try better next year.
0: Yeah, that that should just be it. That, that's that's my I guess my biggest pet peeve with that is just your rewarding mediocrity.
1: How, how many groups are in your opening for that to work? I'd imagine there'd have to be twelve groups, which sends twenty four teams through, and the extra eight from the Champions League comes down. Because it's the Europa League is a big competition, as in size wise.
0: Yeah, um, which also, by the way, has the same thing as uh, the Champions League. Some pe- some sides have to qualify to get into Europa League proper. So I think, like with you, we should just all just all together, like you were saying, eradicate the eradicate the qualifying, the qualifying rounds. rounds. Yeah, you you're like
1: a zillion percent right. It's it makes no sense. <laughs> like it don't. I know it's how the Scottish teams get into the Champions League, but you know they should have to do it on merit, not not through not through playing average European I mean, the Scottish League's not even that impressive. Let's be honest; um, they usually get knocked out. Um, but it's there should there should be a format where it's a certain nations depending on the country's performance in Europe in internationals and their team performances in Europe the previous year. So, if a Romanian team, let's just say. I don't know any Romanian things off the top of my head, but let's say a Romanian team finished third in the Champions League group and let's say a Polish side finished fourth. There should be a certain amount of points allocated for those positions and same with same way it does with world rankings. And this is where I think a club world ranking system or a club ranking system officially would also help this sort of thing as well. Because mer- you'd be rewarded for European and domestic performances. And obviously... Smaller leagues are worth less points because there's less competition. You know, you know how it works. So you get less mm-hmm. points in a world ranking match. So if, if England were playing Cyprus, we wouldn't get as many ranking points as if we were playing Brazil or Germany, for example. And I think a, an official club ranking system would help this because then you could see the clubs which deserve to be put into which competition. And you mer- obviously, league position would still be the deciding factor. But those club positions and the world ranking would determine the smaller countries that get their shot in which European competition, if you could if you know what I mean, I think it would just be a lot clearer and a lot more obvious. So right now, you'd probably say Chelsea was stop at the club ranking because he won the Champions League, which makes sense.
0: In, a, sure. I, in an idyllic setting, there would be no qualification, and there would be nobody f- finishing third falling into the to the next. falling into the subsequent competition, because it doesn't it doesn't make any sense.
1: If you ever really thought about this properly, they could have a, the Conference League, the Europa League, and the Champions League would all work perfectly. You know, if they just thought about this properly, instead of saying, oh, Tottenham finished eighth, or wherever the fuck they finished in the league. You know, like, and now they're going to put them in a European competition, where they're going to be, what? They're going to be and the elite side in that competition, and they're probably going to walk it. And then they'll be claiming, we've won a European trophy, we've won a European trophy. Like, fuck off.
0: It's, it, it bothers me that this happens because it's not... This doesn't only happen with Champions League into Europa League. It's going to happen, too, with Europa League into Conference League. So you're going to have an ingress... Of, or,
1: fa- or failures, basically.
0: Yeah, an ingress of failures going into the lower-tier competition because they couldn't do it in the competition that they had qualified for. And that's unfair. I know life's not fair and all this other shit, but if you're going to sit there... And you're gonna sell this. Well, we wanna give smaller countries a chance. This is why we have the third-tier conference league. Why let the already, fuck
1: let them only play why? each other?
0: Exactly. So why the fuck would you have teams like Roma, teams like Tottenham in that competition that you know they're gonna blow them away? And somebody this morning was saying, Well, you know, they still have to go through qualifying rounds. It okay. doesn't
1: matter. Who are they gonna be playing in qualifying?
0: Nani, oh exactly my point. Like it it is it is utterly ridiculous how this even works because that that's my problem with this because Europa League, I found out this morning, those sides that don't qualify for the next round, they're gonna fall into the conference league. And the conference league doesn't have a group round proper. Everybody's gotta to qualify to get into the groups.
1: Once again, the logic it's, is just a, it's just adding fixture congestion. But and because those games have to be played, it makes UA for a tidy penny as well. And of, of course. course we couldn't take oh. any money away from UEFA now, could we? No. You see, this is their thing, though. When you play play an
0: inordinate amount of fixtures, and then they present it as, well, it's more opportunity for other sides to play, it doesn't seem so bad until you sit down and really break it down.
1: Yeah, as to what side's going to be in that competition, it's like, oh, um, let's say uh, Lech Lech Poznan in the Polish League. They'll be playing Tottenham twice. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, they're fucked. And if they get Roma as well, I'm not sure how the fast seeding works, but there's a good chance that some, one of these small teams is going to get absolutely battered by a European side that shouldn't even be in the competition, like Tottenham and Roma. Roma finished seventh in the Serie A, I believe. It might have been sick, but I believe it, it was seventh in the end. They shouldn't be rewarded with European football for that. No. The way
0: I would fix this is I would... The Champions League, if you finish third and fourth, have a great day. You're done. Same thing in Europa League. You're done. There is no there is no second chance in a lower competition to win something. You weren't good enough, you go home. The conference league wouldn't even have any bloody qualifying. I would I would make it to where the conference league would be exclusively for the smaller sides of the smaller leagues outside europe's top five leagues period if you're in the league let's say what the about premier Holland?
1: league what about the
0: dutch in the premier league, league there i don't even consider them top five
1: yeah but would you let dutch league sides play in, in the conference league or just the europa because the dutch league side probably a lot better than the rest of them as well you think of the players Ajax always turn out
0: there there are some there's some ix i think the netherlands can stay there they're europa league yeah, but the not place- all teams in the Netherlands are going to be like Ajax fucking shit up. Maybe some of them would do better in the Conference League, depending on where they finish.
1: I think, like I said, it, all the the way UEFA think it's all about cl- uh, European positioning, uh, club progress. It's a weird one because certain, if you win a certain European League, you get put into Champions League qualifying, depending on that league stature. And if you win the certain other certain league, you get put into Europa League, and this is a problem. Like it shouldn't be qualifying. These leagues should be like I said with the ranking system it should be predetermined as to where you fit and at the end of the year depending on the ranking depends which competition you go into because if a Romanian club wins the Europa League they'll be in the Champions League that means the second Romanian club who finishes second in that league should then be automatically put in to the Europa League but based on the club based on the country's performance
0: the the conference league already has an aberration in it because Villarreal Because of where they finish in La Liga, we're supposed to be in Conference League, but because they won Europa League, they the Champions League. League. So now there's no Spanish side represented in the Conference League because when they fabricated this 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 league, they wanted a representative from each of Europe's, um, each of UEFA's member, each of UEFA's members member countries. I don't know what the point is, but I'm like that in itself looks foolish. That's Dude, not the champions, you, league they're
1: going to do that league spot before. open. Oh, they didn't think this through. They didn't no. think about teams that finish in league. If you finish, if you're finishing outside the top five, you should be in Europe at all. Sorry. But if you finish outside the top five, you shouldn't be in a European competition unless you've won a European competition in the previous season. That's where I met with
0: that. I would fix it to where that's just me. I don't know how I would do it. But if it was up to me, let to me, the Conference League would just be for the smaller countries outside Europe's top five, figure that's, that out.
1: I think that's what, like I said, with a ranking system. It'd take a lot of figuring out to work it out, how the points are aligned and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But i do it with a, with a ranking system. So obviously, the country, obviously, it'd be, it'd be a UEFA ranking. So you know, countries like Brazil and all those, you know, outside of Europe, wouldn't matter. So you have to do it on a, Europe, on a European basis. And obviously some countries play better and worse teams. But obviously the points for that are accordingly. The points are adjusted accordingly. So if England play Germany and if Cyprus play England, the points are given out differently. Mm-hmm. But And I think it could work that way. And then obviously based on club performance in European competitions as well, which would then allow, say like, let's talk about, you know, Bulgaria, Azerbaijan, uh Romania, Poland. Let's say... They're four of the league that have representatives in the Conference League, uh, doing well in that league should then open up chances to go into the Europa League. As a, yeah. as more more teams from that league getting into the Europa League, it should be a merit system, and that's why I think rankings and the you know awarding ranking points would work this out perfectly because then it would be a clear structure as to who's got what. I mean, yes, it would take some time to figure out, but you know, if they've really put the time and effort in, this could be done properly. Obviously, I'd imagine right now England would be at the top of that ranking because we've won two of the last three Champions Leagues.
0: Here's, here's something else I heard on this. They were saying that we're going to use Roman and, and and Spurs as an example. They said those fans will still watch it, will still tune in to watch their sides play in the Conference League. And I have a hard time with that because sometimes supporters don't even want to watch the Europa League. So what makes you think a Tottenham supporter with their delusional assertions that tottenham's going to play in a big european competition do you really think that they're going to tune in and watch them play sides from lord knows where in europe
1: they will because tottenham has a realistic chance to win a trophy yeah what
0: about and what about roma with its history what about other clubs that we're going to see with history like what if a manchester united for example ends up there or chelsea or you know inter milan or or milan like do you think those fans are really going to give a shit about the conference
1: no, I, I don't think so. Because in its current format, it's a joke. Like like you said, these European superpowers, well, not, not really superpowers, but in terms of the clubs they'll be playing, they're elite. You know, Tottenham won't, well, actually, knowing Tottenham, they probably would lead to the Polish champions, let's be honest. And <laughs> I don't know, lost to, who knocked him out the Europa League? It was uh, Dino Zagreb, wasn't it, last season? Orsic yeah, it was
0: Zagreb.
1: A, I think, I think scored, it was Zagreb. Yeah, Orsic scored a hat-trick, I was laughing my head off that night. But why should they be allowed to play in a competition where they're going to be one of the favorites? I mean, doesn't wrong with being a favorite. Why should they be in a competition where they're much better than the rest of the team? When one Tottenham player is probably worth more than the entire squad of some of these teams.
0: You know what's funny to me is UEFA's just blatant intransience because they're like no Super League, but in a sense it's kind of what they're doing with this the logic
1: it hasn't been thought through at all like they haven't they say fair competition like fuck is it but it's
0: not it's literally their version of a super league if you really think about it with a tier system
1: i'm not against the tier system though because you can progress through it whereas the super league i'm not i'm not i'm
0: just saying just an interesting sidebar
1: like funny how they wanted
0: to stop one thing but i'm like you're kind of creating the other thing
1: over here what UEFA is discussing a plan where certain teams, if they fail in the league, they can still get into the Champions League as well, which is what I have a huge problem with. Because apparently if a, if like, if something along lines, if a European champion finishes ninth in the league, they'll still be allowed to enter the Champions League. And I was like, no, fuck off. Because no, no. 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 If, that, if that happens, I'll be pissed off. Because it means you could have the shittiest season in history and still be in the Champions League next season. That's bollocks. Like, Why should you deserve to be in just because you've won it once or twice? No. Like, you know, you know if Chelsea, when Chelsea finished 10th, we didn't deserve European football. But if we had been given it because we were European champions, I, I mean, you would have taken it, but it wouldn't have been fair. And that's what I don't like about UEFA. That's, that's where the whole Super League sort of thing comes back into it, because they're saying, oh, you could, doesn't matter how you do, you'll still be in the Champions League next season. So, you know, have, have, have a bad domestic season. You're, you're still welcome back. And this is why they cried about the Super League, and it was all about money. And here's your way for adding as many fixtures as they can for the same purpose. Yep. It's because they couldn't get their cut of the money, is basically what I deduce. Yeah, deduced. basically. If this had been a UEFA Super League and UEFA would organise this, they wouldn't give a fuck. They'd be like, yeah, Yeah. do it. Who cares? Mm -hmm. But because it wasn't UEFA and it was the clubs themselves, I mean, I'm not condoning it. I think the Super League's a shit idea. But I just think UEFA are hypocritical in this instance. And they didn't even punish these clubs. I think they find the Premier League clubs 2 million each. Barcelona, Real Madrid and Juventus didn't even leave and nothing's happened to them. So UEFA were just full of it. Oh, we'll kick you up the Champions League. You won't play domestic football. Mm Barcelona are still going to be in the Champions League next season. They're still going to play La Liga football next season. UEFA are just, they're a joke. You know, I mean, two million for these Premier League clubs. Two million. That's nothing. And this is why UEFA, no one takes them seriously. They make all these threats saying, oh, we're going to kick all these teams out of the Champions League. They wouldn't do it because they'd lose more money. It would screw them in the long run. I mean, they should have done. Let's be honest. All those teams at the end of the Super League, they should have been kicked out. They should have been punished, but they weren't.
0: And they won't know. be either. They—they won't be, and of course they won't. It's just that. I mean,
1: you we that sure.
0: horse for a while now.
1: We know that if this idea ever comes up again, and it probably will in the next five years, like these teams will think about doing this again, they won't take UEFA seriously with their threats. Whatever UEFA do, they'll just. Your will just carry on doing it. It is
0: yeah.
1: <sighs> oh, we're gonna kick you out of the Champions League. Comes to it. No no we won't. And they've proven that this season. Like like we said, obviously the English clubs pulled out of the Super League, but Real, Madrid, and Barcelona and Juventus didn't. You know, and they'll still be in the Champions League next season. Like nothing's even happened.
0: Yep. It's and then- We see it all the time. So, I mean, at this point, are we surprised? No. Is it it going to continue to happen?
1: Yeah. I'm telling you, I won't be surprised if the Super League idea comes up again in the next five years. And this time they go through with it.
0: You know, I was about to say, as you said that, I was just thinking to myself, you know what? The next time it comes up, it's probably going to become a reality as long as UEFA can bend it to benefit them somehow.
1: Yeah, but I don't think this will include UEFA. These clubs now know UEFA aren't serious with their threats. You know, all these clubs that are involved, I'm not sure what the fines were for the overseas clubs. Obviously, the Germans wanted something to do with this, which is, you know, fair play to them. Well,
0: it, well, the Germans, though, I will say this, there is there, a little bit of credit to them, because I believe they have something in Germany where the supporters own a certain part or a certain percentage of each club. The 50 plus one rule. Thank you, sir. So with that being in place, I, I don't see that happening with the Germans, unless they change it, which they can, and the supporters technically don't have power. I know there's that, as you just mentioned, that 50 plus one, but I mean, if we're talking realistic clear, money talks and supporters ain't going to have that type of money to fight it. No, but the thing so is... You, just, you, you never know where it goes. I'm just saying this, like, UEFA will figure out how to make it benefit them, and then what they'll do is they'll probably conspire with the rest of those clubs, and before we'll know it, we'll have a Super League. Maybe not in the formatted format that it was presented at first but it, it it's probably going to happen it's been going there for years i think the last 10 or 15 years i've i was like yeah this is coming eventually
1: the thing that i think i upset a lot of people was the fact that it was closed like there was no like the mls it was a closed league and uh, you know that's it might have been okay if they had sat this down and spoke to every club in europe and I mean every club not just these top ones obviously this wasn't a UEFA project was it this was a club project mm-hmm. amongst the 12 that started this but they said look but they were so scared of not making any money they didn't want to lose out so they just said oh, it would just be us and you know there is no point in playing in a closed league because there are no stakes and it's why it's, bought, it's why nobody wants the idea you know I mean we'll talk about the Champions League in a minute but with, clo- with a closed league it's why the MLS, no one gives a well, it's one of the reasons no one gives a fuck about it. Nobody outside of
0: America, anyway. Because there are people, sadly, in America that actually do like that league. Why? That, that's I, because I it's that's tell because you. It said,
1: well because they might be from a state and support their home team
0: and you know. Oh for fuck's sake. My my home state's got a home team, and I'm like, fuck off.
1: Yeah, but I said some people, not all, didn't I? So just it's ca- calm bad. your horses.
0: But I if don't some have people- any. How does one come horses he does not have?
1: Anyway, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> um yeah, the whole European competition is basically an entire overhaul, but UEFA won't do that because it will cost them money and they won't be making as much. So I don't know why we're, you know, we can talk about this from a of sensible, sensible, logical point, but we don't know why and how UEFA do the things they do. Well, we do, money.
0: It's, um... Yeah. It's coming. Eventually, we'll have a Super League, and I don't know what the hell we'll do when we get to that point because I don't even know how I feel about it, whether it was a, a, a closed, definitely. I don't like it. Open, I'm not sure how I would feel about it because part of what makes European competitions competition special is that you don't get to see some of these clubs play all the time, so it's really unique when you see them play after X amount of years. Like Chelsea and, and um, Real Madrid, in the last edition of the Champions
1: League. I think that's the first time we faced him in the Champions League, if I remember correctly. It was the first... Yeah, the first... I think we beat him in the Cup Winners' Cup, I believe. Um, but that yeah, was the only 90. other time we... But we have never yeah. played them in European knockout football.
0: Yep. So that's what makes the Champions... Shit like that is what makes the Champions League special. Not, I'm going to play this motherfucker every
1: week. And the thing with the Champions League is that talking about the sort of things we change... I'd love to have just straight knockout football, no two legs. You just home or away. You get home or away draw like you're doing the like you're doing the FA Cup, and that's how it works. Obviously, the final's still a predetermined destination. That's fine, but you play one knockout game because it'll be so much more exciting because you won't get teams sitting there parking the bus for two legs trying mm-hmm. to defend, the, trying to defend a one-nil. I mean, I know they've got rid of rid of away goals, which I'm actually for as well because it means teams can't just sit and defend a one-nil victory anymore. Sure can. Um, they got to go play. But yeah, I think, like, like we saw in the tournament when it went moved to Portugal under the COVID situation last August, I believe it was, um, that football was so good. It was brilliant. Because like, I remember the Atlanta PSG game and Atlanta were really going at them. And obviously they went won their up through Salic. And then unfortunately, you know, PSG scored two very late goals. But that game wasn't over until it was over. And I think that one leg is just so much better because you, it's more action-packed, it's more dynamic. You're more on tension, more edge, more on edge. You make a mistake, you've got less time to correct it, and it's just so much more enticing. Like that's like that's like when they used to do FB, uh, final replays. Nobody wants that anymore. Like you draw the final one-one, you go to extra time and penalties. Nobody wants to sit and watch another ninety minutes. Just play the game in one leg, whether it's ho- whoever gets a home draw or whatever just play it as one leg because it'll be gives the players more time to rest and it'll be more exciting and more tense and that's what you want in football you want to feel those emotions you want to you want to go through that shit in 90 minutes you want to be 1-0 down and score a winning goal in the 90th minute that's what you want like i don't know if you feel
0: the same way about it but i would eradicate the 30 minutes of extra time i play one you know what i'm going to go off the deep end with this one i don't even want 30 minutes of extra time. I want just a golden goal in extra time. If you don't score a golden goal in extra time, then we go to pens. That sounds crazy, but that's where I'm at.
1: I mean, there's obviously the um, alternative of that, whereas there's no goals are scored in extra time, you still get the 30 minutes. No, nope, but- I don't even want that.
0: I'd cut it straight to, it's a golden goal, or we go to pens. Yeah, but how long would you give golden goal? You play that 15 minutes or some, but whoever scores first in that 15-minute extra time period is the winner.
1: So you play one half of extra time to try and score.
0: Yeah, one half to to score that golden goal. If it doesn't happen in that 15 minutes, then we go to pens. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, I think golden goal should make a comeback because... Ouch. It should. If I give... Amer- well, before American football changed its rule because they did. But back in the day growing up in this country as I did, and I know Alex probably remembers, because Alex watches and still follows American football, there was a time where in what they call overtime here, the first team to score was the winning team, whether it was a field goal or a touchdown. That's kind of like what the golden goal was. Like, bro, whoever scores this motherfucking golden goal wins. And let's just be... Because it just... The problem is, is I noticed it in the Euros, too, where you get the two halves of extra time, and sometimes you're going to get motherfuckers who are going to park the bus, and they're just going to play for penalties anyway. So Jim. let's not do that dance.
1: Do you remember one
0: fifteen 15-minute half. A golden goal if that doesn't work then we'll go to pens because i get really and i can't be the only one that gets perturbed sitting there watching drab tepid football for an extra half an hour knowing that some sides are just going to park the bus and play for
1: penalties anyway speaking of the mls actually and uh, i know you'll probably remember this and it's not related to European competitions or extra time, but do you remember the old penalty shootouts in the MLS where they had to dribble at the goalkeeper and try and go That's around them instead of taking it for 12 yards? Yeah. That <laughs>
0: actually comes from, and I know not a, lot of people, not a lot of people are familiar with indoor football in this country. There is a league called the MASL. That's actually where that comes from because that league, and that sport as a matter of fact, has taken ice hockey rules and football rules and somehow made an ugly baby. Which makes, it does make for some exciting football. I'm a big fan of that league. Um, But that's, yeah, I do remember those. And I think that actually came from Indoor. Where Indoor, that's the case. They don't call them penalty kicks in Indoor. They, they They call it a penalty shootout. So if you go to extra, they have a golden goal. Actually, that's where I pulled the golden goal from. Well, obviously, it also existed long before Indoor. But that's pretty much how I fathomed that one with the golden goal. Although yes, I do remember those. They they would dribble at the keeper, similar to what they do in uh, ice hockey. I know Mike. Mike is familiar with ice hockey. I know he's a big um Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Which I don't know. I thought that I th- I thought that was funny, but it, it's kind of cool to watch it in the indoor game. But I, I will say this though: we need to make some changes in these competitions because some of this stuff don't. It just don't make no sense.
1: I mean, I don't under. I mean, I know they've gotten rid of uh, away goals, which we just mentioned, which is absolutely fine. Don't have a problem with that. Thank fuck. Um, and the funny thing is, Chelsea didn't win any of their games on away goal. We actually won it on a basically on on score difference because we beat um, Atletico Madrid three 0 We beat Porto two one. Real Madrid three one. Um, who else did we play that? I can't remember. And then we beat Man City one 0 so we didn't actually we didn't need away goals to get through. Mhm.
0: It forces it, it with with that rule now being eradicated. We should see better football in theory because, like you said, now pe- now sides can't park the bus, trying to protect that, or there there's no more onus for defensive football. Defensive, yeah, for defensive football.
1: That's where I think a um, one-legged tie should come in as well. Because, then, yeah, like I said, that. we saw how good it was in last year's tournament. You know, we saw what happened in the Bayern Munich and Barcelona. Well, mm-hmm. that was a fun day, wasn't it? That was that was a great game. My, <laughs> bro- my brother was so excited when Alaba was told the goes like, we're back in it, we're back in it. And then it was just it was like, no, you're not. Because he went and scored eight.
0: <laughs> my brother, My brother to this day has no words about that fixture. I don't even think he wants to remember that.
1: I pissed myself laughing that night. I, I quite so enjoyed it because I
0: can't. Yeah.
1: Did you say the icing on the cake of that game it was the fact that Coutinho come on and scored twice. And he was on loan there. And he came would, on and see scored that's,
0: twice. Speaking of that, actually, before we close, and I know this has nothing to do with what we just talked about, but just for fun, how do you feel about that stupid rule in the Premier League where a player on loan cannot play their parent club? Because I kind of have an issue with that.
1: I, don't, I mean, in Europe it's not a thing, is it? Like, Because um, in Europe you can play, but in the Premier I think it's considered uh, an advantage for the side that loaned them out, because I can understand why they think they might want to do do the right thing for their parent club, so I understand why they don't play, but at the same time, there's a rule we can only loan one player to a club in the Premier League from your club, and that's because otherwise it's class is weakening them, so like... Um, Ampadu obviously couldn't play for us against Sheffield United, and when we when we played Sheffield United, mm-hmm. and Loftus Cheek couldn't play when we played Fulham. So in a sense, it's weakening them. But if they play, then it, and if something goes wrong, there could be a allegation into match fixing. So I understand why it's done.
0: There's got to be something to where that can be sorted out to let those players play because obviously, their club lent them out for whatever reason. They should have. To prove themselves, I guess, for lack of a better term. So why can't they do that against their parent club? Yeah, that's what I, that's exactly. what I struggle with. Like, yeah. I understand what you said. It makes sense. But I'm like, at the same time, though, you're loaned out because either they ain't trying to fuck with you right now or they don't fancy you enough to be in the starting 11 or even on the bench for that matter. So they lend, they loan you out. If that's the case, then there should be something. If they don't want that to happen, that rule needs to be abolished. And then you lend you loan players out to other divisions around Europe or even down the pyramid so that you don't have that problem. Because I just think it's silly. Because if I'm a player and I get loaned out, I'm going to feel some type of way. Like, if I yeah. play for Chelsea and they're like, hey, man, you got to go out on loan to develop or whatever the case is, as a player and as a competitor, I'm probably going to be just just, just a pinch perturbed. I'm going to yeah. want to prove a point that I belong in at least the match day squad.
1: But you have to think of it as these young players. and um, there's going to be players that are better than them in the starting state scored. I think loans mostly should be for young players. yeah, because but then the coming back,
0: coming back, then you can, if that side that takes you on loan plays your parent club, that is a perfect time
1: for you to show your parent club what the fuck you're about. It is, yeah, but at the same time, you'd have to just obviously the FA obviously have their own rules as to what's Don't going on,
0: the FA. <laughs> The FA has rules.
1: I didn't get that memo. I also Um, didn't get invited to that party. But before we finish up today, I just want to say that if there are any Chelsea fans out there, um, tomorrow at 7.45 uh, UK time, there is a Chelsea match versus Bournemouth. It's a friendly. It can be streamed on the Fifth Stand app for free or the Chelsea website. So just putting that out there for Chelsea fans as there is a game tomorrow that will be able to be watched for free.
0: You said that's 12.45 UK
1: time? 7.45 UK
0: time. 7.45 UK time. So that is in Cal... If you are on the West Coast in the United States, that's a quarter to one. So that's basically 12.45 in the afternoon. If you're on the East Coast, that's 3.45 PM. You can watch that match. So
1: Anything you want to add today, Dave? Um, to what we said, or we think that's, that's it for the pod? No. I think that's it. We're good. Just the
0: usual house housekeeping items. If you haven't done so already, or if you would like to, you can contact us via email at on the outlook at outlook.com. You can find us on Twitter at OnThePitchPod 1. And you can also find us on Facebook. We have an actual on the pitch page. We post news, articles, uh Podcasts when they're released. Then we have an on the pitch group where you can join and enjoy the friendly banter that goes on on that page and the good information, discussions, debates, and just overall great football discussion. You just go to Facebook and in the search bar on the pitch, it'll pop up. There's three membership questions. Please act like you got sense and answer all three. Thank you. And then Ash, myself, or one of our admins, Alex or Mike, will gladly accept you into the group, and then you can see how great that group is. If Ash has nothing else, we'd like to wish you all a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for listening, and we will talk soon.